Westover. Isn't it good to be in the presence of God today? God is so good. And I just want to say to those of you who have been showing up for our pre-service prayer, what a great time to be in the presence of God in our chapel. Again, I just want to invite those of you who come early to take a moment, visit our chapel, and let's seek the God, let's seek the heart of God together in prayer. Now, today we're continuing our, our series entitled Every Day Wins. Every Day Wins. Because we believe with the power of God in our life that we can win each and every day. And that's really the focus for this year. That's the theme for this year is to help you and your family win. We want your marriage to win. We want your family to win. We want your kids and your students and your young adults to win. We want you to win. Because when you win, we all win. When you win, we all win. When you win, we all win. And that's what we want to see happen in your life. We want to be a church that invests in you, that makes an impact in your life so that you can have a strong faith family, so that you can build a strong faith and you can build a strong family. Well, this week I was talking to some families that I know and I was asking them, what are some of the everyday wins that you've experienced recently? Now, there's a family that I know, they're a young couple. They have a daughter that's under the age of one. And one of the things that they do is they worship God at home. They turn on worship music, and they told me just this week that their daughter, their little daughter, raised her hand all by herself to worship Jesus. That's an everyday win. I talked to another family. They have children that are a little bit older, and they too have worship as their lifestyle. And so they sing songs together, and their kids are learning songs here at church, And the mom told us, she said, one of the greatest joys of my heart is when I'm in the kitchen and I hear my kids in the other room worshiping God all by themselves. They're either humming or they're singing. They're seeking God all by themselves. I talked to another parent today and they told me about their son and how their son tells them, we need to be at church early because I need to go help out in kids ministry. Mom, I can't be late. They need my help. Keep in mind, this young boy is still in elementary school. But that is an everyday win. And we want those same experiences to be your experience as well. Parents, even grandparents, aunts and uncles, any of you who have smaller children, children in the next generation, students, we want you to experience those same wins because when they win, we win. When they win, we win. And God advances them and advances us. So when your family wins, we wanna come alongside you and celebrate those wins with you. And I wanna share with you a video that I found recently that captures our heart as a church for you and for your family. It's a, a video that will excite you, that will encourage you. I want you to take a look. Show us number five, King. Where's number five? Show us five. Where's five? Hold it up. All right. right. Clap for King. (laughs) Clap for King. All right. King, show us number one. All right. Clap for King. Clap for King. King, show us number two. Number two, King. All right. Clap for King. 
How many of you need a friend like that? All of us need a guy like that who's more excited about us winning. This is what this young boy has captured. And I believe that this is God's heart for you. And we want to emulate that heart for you. Where we're saying, go after it. Find those wins. Celebrate those wins. We want you to have that experience where you experience the joy of the Lord in your life. All of us, we need that experience in our life. And in order to help you do this, we've created an online resource. You can find it on our website or through our app. It's a website called everydaywins.life. We want you to win each and every day. And so we've created this resource where you can set some goals for the year. And can I just say, I just wanna encourage you to set some goals for this year. For you see, people who set their goals are 46% more likely to reach their goals just by the virtue of them getting it out of their head and putting it down somewhere and documenting it. But that percentage goes up to 84% whenever we're willing to share those goals with someone else. So you have an opportunity at this website to set and then share your goals. We've also created a section where you can find family resources. Parents, you'll be able to see what our kids and our student ministry are focusing on with your kids. You'll be able to see the verses that they're focusing on and the passage of scripture and the points, the big ideas that they want your kids and students to grasp. We also provide parenting resources and ways to enrich your marriage and your relationship and even resources for young adults. We also have a place for you to set a 90-day challenge for you to sign up to receive emails that will give you some challenges about how you can advance in your life. And this is the big challenge for us as a church, that we'd give God 90 days and let him change our life. I believe that if we give God 90 days, he can change our life. If God can create the world in seven days, imagine what he can do in 90 days. He can change our life and give us the future that we dream about. Give God 90 days, let him change your life. And I just wanna speak to all of our families, both here in the room and online. Can I invite you to commit the next 90 days to come to church, come every weekend, make faith a priority. For you see, our kids will emulate what they see in us. Whatever priorities we establish in our own life, they will model those in their own life in the future. Let's make church a priority. But today I wanna share with you a message that's on my heart, that's burning in my spirit. And I've entitled the message, Invest in the Future. Invest in the future. Invest in the next generation. Invest in kids and students and young adults. For you see, the next generation is being raised in a culture that doesn't wanna acknowledge God, that wants to quiet their voice about faith, that says, you can have your own faith, you can have your own truth, but keep it at home and keep it quiet, I don't wanna hear about it. That seeks to silence their voice and say, if you believe in Jesus, you're old fashioned, and you're out of touch. God has changed and the world has changed. That's what the culture's telling them. But we need to come alongside them and say, we're willing to invest in you. We're willing to be like that young boy and says, you can do it, you can make it. God loves you. God has a purpose for you. You can be bold about your faith and you can speak his name proudly. And we're here to do that, church. We're here to come alongside the next generation. We're unequivocally going after the next generation so that they, knew, they know who God is and they know the power of God and that they seek to have him in their life. We have the opportunity to invest in the next generation. 
because when they win, we all win. I wanna take you to a passage in scripture. It's found in the book of Psalms. It's Psalm chapter 78. I wanna invite you to open up your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. I'm gonna start with verses one and two, and then as we go along, I'm gonna unpack a couple more verses. In fact, we're gonna, in total, cover eight verses. But I wanna start with this first verse and unpack it for us, and then we'll continue. Verse one starts with this. It says, a mascal of Asaph. Now, this isn't actually a part of the psalm, but it's a heading. It tells us who the author was and what type of writing this is. Asaph is the author. A little bit about Asaph is he was a worship leader in the house of God. In fact, all of his family were committed to worshiping God in the house of God. That was their job. That's what they did. But God gave Asaph a unique ability. He, he gave Asaph the ability to see into the future. The Bible says that he was a seer. What that means is that God gave him supernatural vision about what was to come. What was to come for the nation of Israel? What was to come for the next generation? And I believe that the word of God is still valid today. So what he shared in that moment is still valid for us today. Now you may be wondering, what is a mascal? A mascal is a poem. Sometimes it was put to words. Uh, it was put to music. But a mascal was intended to give people wisdom. It was intended to be something that would bring enlightenment. And my prayer for you today is this, is that God would enlighten some things in your spirit about what God has in the future of your family and in the next generation for your kids and for your students. So I want us to look at the word of God. Let's look at it. It says this, it says, a mascal of Asaph, and then in verse one, oh, my people, open your ears to what I'm saying. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. What Asaph is saying is, God is calling us to open our ears not just our physical ears, but our spiritual ears. He's also wanting to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes to see what's possible. And I believe that God is gonna remind you of some things that you've been through in your past so that you can remember his faithfulness and also so that you can encourage the next generation. I believe that God's gonna remind you of some promises that he made to you about your kids. Moms, when you were holding your baby so close, and God began to whisper thoughts and dreams as you would hold them and nurse them. And dads, as you would play with their feet and they would coo and they would smile and they would laugh. I believe God's gonna remind you of some of those promises that you've forgotten. That's my prayer, that God would remind you of what he promised over your children. But I wanna challenge us to invest in the next generation. Let's invest in the future. At the conclusion of our time, I'm gonna give us an opportunity to raise up the names of people that we know in the next generation that we're praying for, kids, students, nephews, friends of your kids. I believe God's gonna put a name or names on your mind and in your heart, and we're gonna pray that God would empower you and empower us to reach them so that they know who Jesus is. That's how we're gonna end our service today. We're gonna lift them up before the Lord. We're gonna lift them and say, God, reach them. Empower us to reach them. So prepare your heart for that. Here are three ways to invest in the future, to invest in the next generation. Number one, share stories of God's faithfulness. Share stories of God's faithfulness. All of us love a good story. It's one of the reasons why we laughed and smiled when we saw that video, is because it brought joy, it brought encouragement to our heart. 
This little boy at a very young age learned the value of encouraging someone else. And I believe that sometimes we underestimate the capacity of children. We underestimate what God can do through them. But we must share stories of God's faithfulness. For you see, stories of God's faithfulness strengthen others. Don't underestimate what a story can do to encourage someone else. I invite you that if the Lord leads you to encourage a coworker about what God's doing in your family, maybe even to say God bless you to the person at the checkout counter, be willing to share a smile with someone you pass along the street, be willing to share stories of God's faithfulness to make an impact in someone else. This is what Asaph says in verse two and following. I will teach you stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. If God has done something great in your life, don't put it hidden. Don't leave it hidden. Be willing to tell the next generation. They're young. They don't have enough experience to know what God can do. And God has taken all of us through different trials and difficulties. You may be bumped and bruised, but you're still standing. God got you through some things. And the next generation needs to know what God has done in your life. And so to encourage you, I wanna share with you a couple testimonies of God's faithfulness that I've heard recently. First, there's a young man in our church who got in an accident at work. The doctors thought he broke all of his fingers and he severed some significant nerves in his hands. He had one surgery and then he had another surgery. And now, yes, he's in recovery, but the doctors seem to think that he's gonna get full mobility back and that the nerves are gonna regrow and I say amen to that. God can do amazing things. There's another lady in our church. She came up to my wife and I a couple uh, uh, recently and just said, I have a mass that I need to get checked out. She went to the doctor. They checked out the mass. The doctor said, I think it might be cancer. But when they got the biopsy results, guess what? She has no cancer. There's a young man in our church. He's not 18 yet. He had a major brain injury. He was in a coma for two months. The doctors thought he was gonna be paralyzed. But recently I saw him walk into church and say hello to me and God rescued him from being paralyzed. And then I met a man, actually yesterday, he came up to me and he said, Pastor, I know you don't know me, but I decided to come to church today. He said, my cousin invited me but you were someone who prayed for me. I was in the hospital for five months. The doctors thought I was gonna die, I was about to die, but God saved me and prayers helped me and God can still move and now I'm bringing my entire family to church. These are the wins. This is what God can do. We must not stay silent about what God can do. The next generation will grow in faith when we share stories of God's faithfulness. The next generation needs to hear about the time God saved you from a car wreck, the time that you didn't have enough money, but God brought in just enough in that refund check that you weren't expecting to cover that bill, that moment when you didn't have a job, maybe for months, maybe for a year, but God finally provided that job that you really needed at just the appropriate time. The next generation needs to know that God can and will, and he still does miracles. We need to share that with the next generation. Be bold. It strengthens their faith. The second way to invest in the future is to teach 
the next generation to follow Jesus. Say teach. Teach. Faith is both taught and caught. We teach faith not only through the words that we say, but also the life that we live. We need to own that responsibility, church, that it is our responsibility to ensure that the next generation knows how to follow Jesus. I want you to think for a moment, who was it that led you to Jesus? Who taught you how to follow Jesus? Was it a parent? Was it a grandparent? Was it an aunt? Was it an uncle? Was it a friend? Was it a coworker? Who was it? For you see, faith is transmitted generation to generation. When we look all the way back to Jesus, there are generations that come before us that ensured we knew who God was. And it is our turn, our responsibility to ensure that we hand a legacy of faith to the next generation. And my prayer is, God, would you help us to ensure that the next generation knows who Jesus is and knows how to follow him. We can't stay silent. We have to teach them. This is what verses five and six says. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even children not yet born, they in turn will teach their own children. I wanna remind us that we are ancestors of generations yet to come. We are ancestors of generations yet to come. And I wonder what subsequent generations will say about us. We have an opportunity. Let's make the most of the moment to make sure that the next generation knows who Jesus is. Just parenthetically, from the day that a child is born till the day they turn 18, there's 932 weeks. Parents, we have 932 weeks total to invest in the children while they are still at home. We need to maximize those moments. We must be attentive to those moments. We must be willing to lean in and teach them how to follow Jesus. You've heard it said, it takes a village to raise a family. You know, it takes a faith family to raise faithful children. If we want children to be full of faith, it takes all of us. You may be wondering, Pastor, why are you saying that? Well, research shows that students are two times more likely to stay in church after they graduate high school if they have an adult friend in church. Now, this is someone that they're not related to. They need another adult in their life who's willing to say, I'm proud of you, I believe in you, God has a purpose for you, I'm here to champion faith in you. They need to hear and echoes from multiple people in their life that's willing to say, God can and will do amazing things in your life and through your life. It's not just the responsibility of the parents, it's the responsibility of all of us. It takes all of us. We need to ensure that the next generation does what? That they win. Because when they win, what happens? We win. When they win, we all win. But the opposite is also true. 90% of students who leave the church after they graduate say that they didn't have one single adult in their life that they weren't related to who was a friend to them. 90%. What that means is that they're leaving the church because there wasn't another adult who said, God loves you, I believe in you, I'm proud of you. I know you're having a hard time at school or maybe in your family life, but God has a purpose for you. We need to own that. We have that opportunity to ensure the next generation knows who God is. And that's one of the reasons why we are gonna be launching what I call high school weekends. It'll happen once a month 
the fourth weekend of every month starting in February. So February 26th and 27th, we're going to invite high school students into this main service with us. They're gonna worship with us together. They're gonna hear God's word together. They're gonna experience altar moments with us together. There's going to be this intergenerational transmission of faith. They need to know what altar moments look like. They need to see us pursue God. We need to teach them how to seek the presence of God. And together, we're gonna do this. We're gonna invite them in. The other three weekends, they're gonna have regular high school ministry, but we believe in the power of both, both worshiping together, but also worshiping as a group. On those high school weekends, there's gonna be a connect moment at the end of service just for high schoolers. It's called high school hangout. They'll be able to connect with other friends, but we're gonna invite them in. And I just invite us, let's make space at the table for them. Some of us, we're gonna have to give up our favorite seat, but you know what? Why are we gonna do that? Because the next generation is worth it. God loves them, and them understanding who God is is a priority. They matter to God. We're gonna need to make space at the table for them. We need to welcome them. They don't need to stay at the kids' table anymore. We need to invite them up. We have that opportunity. High school weekends. Parents, if you wanna learn more about high school weekends, we're gonna have an online Zoom moment at four o'clock. If you wanna learn more today, we're gonna invite you to just jump on and we're gonna tell you about what High School Weekends is all about. But if you're here in the room and and you want to learn more at the end of service, our team's gonna be at the Resource Center. We'd love to tell you more about what High School Weekends are, are all about. The third way to invest in the future is to challenge students to exercise their faith. Say exercise. Exercise their faith. For you see, faith doesn't work until you work it. Faith doesn't work until you work it. We need to make sure that the next generation aren't casual consumers, but spiritual contributors. We need to help them learn how to exercise their faith. For you see, if we teach them to exercise their faith now, when they step out into the world, their faith will be strong. But if we don't give them opportunities to exercise their faith now, when they step out into the world, their faith won't be strong. They will be swayed by the world and by the culture and the enemy will seek to pull them away from God and from church. We need to give them an opportunity to exercise their faith under our watch. This is our moment, church, to help them This is how we can invest in the next generation. Look at what verses seven and eight says. So each generation should set its hope in you on God. What that means is that each generation has to decide for themselves to follow Jesus, but we can stack the deck in a positive way to make sure that they have an opportunity to exercise their faith, to learn how to serve God, how to make an impact, People feel valued when they know that their effort makes a difference. The same is true for kids. If they believe, if student, kids and students believe that their contribution makes an impact in church, they will learn to love being at church. We need to give them that opportunity, it says, continues on. So each generation should set it. It's hoping you on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles or obeying his commands. 
Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. You may be wondering, why was Asaph saying that in verse eight? Well, there's a passage in Judges, Judges 2, 10 and 11, this is what it says. And there was a generation who grew up who did not know the things of God and did not know the power of God. And they did evil in the eyes of God and they worship false pagan gods. What Asaph is saying is that generation, they were stubborn and rebellious. But part of the reason they were stubborn and rebellious is because the previous generation didn't make sure that those children knew who God was and they didn't give them the opportunity to exercise their faith. They allowed them to be complacent. We need to give students the opportunity to exercise their faith. You may be wondering, how are we gonna do that? I'm glad you asked. I'm issuing a challenge to our high school families. It's called the Sit One, Serve One Challenge. The Sit One, Serve One Challenge. I want high school families to commit once a month during high school weekend to not come to one service, but to come to two services. To sit in one service together and then to serve one service together. For you see, families that serve together strengthen faith together. Families that serve together strengthen faith together. And so we're just challenging you families, all of our high school families, to be willing to make that commitment. To say, God, I'm willing to teach my kids and model for them what it is to serve God by serving other people. If you wanna know how to serve, text serve to the number on the screen. We wanna encourage you to step in. Let's serve God together. Let's model for our kids and our students what it's like to serve Jesus. Today, I want you to know that students that serve, they stay in church. Students that serve, they stay in church. I was talking to some of our pastors recently and they were telling me that they served in church when they were kids and students. There's a story I wanna tell you about a young lady. Her name is Rachel. The photo you see on the screen is a photo of Greg, her dad. This is Rachel as an adult. Greg and Donna, Donna is Greg's wife. They've been attending Westover for 25 years. They started their family here. They have three children. Rachel is their oldest. And very early on, Greg and Donna made the commitment to serve they stepped up and they decided to not just attend, but to serve. And they decided to serve in the place where their daughter was. Their daughter was in elementary school and they decided to serve in kids ministry because she was there. But even when their daughter Rachel moved from middle school to, when, went from elementary school to middle school, they continued to serve in, in, in kids ministry, why? Because Rachel had a passion to make sure that kids had fun at church. But then when Rachel moved from middle school to high school, Greg and Donna continued to serve in kids ministry. Why? Because they noticed that their daughter had a passion for kids connecting with Jesus, having spiritual experiences. And then when Rachel graduated, she went to college and very early on in her college experience, she felt a tug in her heart for ministry. God called her into the ministry. 
and she said yes. And now today, Rachel is our kids' ministry director, and she serves God by serving kids, helping them know that God loves them and that God is for them. She's wanting to be that voice of hope in the next generation. But it took two parents who are willing to be committed to God, who are willing to say, I'm willing to invest in the next generation and model what it's like to serve God. And now, this is a snapshot of the future. Imagine, parents, what God could do in the lives of your kids and your students if they saw us serve others, that they would see us spiritually contribute. And this is my prayer for you today, is that God would light a fire in your heart for the next generation. We can't be like the generation of Judges 2, 10, and 11 and just be complacent. This is not the moment to stop. This isn't the moment to hold back. This is the moment to lean in and say, if we don't invest in the future, we have no future. So today, as I close, I wanna invite all of us to stand front to back, side to side, up in the balcony. This is a moment where I'm gonna be praying for God to empower you. God wants to reach the next generation. He wants to invest in the next generation, but it requires all of us to say yes to that. And if you're here today and there's a name that God put on your heart, I want you just to raise your hand. If God put a name on your heart of a student, a kid, somebody that you're praying for in the next generation, a young adult, God sees that hand, but most importantly, he sees your heart. What I wanna do is I wanna pray a prayer of empowerment over you, that God would give you wisdom and that he would give you words to make an impact in the next generation, to invest in the next generation. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. And as we pray, I just invite you to speak out their names, to present their names before God. Jesus, we come to you in this moment. You're challenging our hearts to not be complacent, to lean in, to invest in the next generation so that they know who you are and they know the power that you have. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower these, these adults, these parents, these uh, grandpas, these aunts, these uncles, that you would empower each one of us to ensure that the next generation meets you and that they discover you. And Lord, when those high schoolers come in this auditorium, God, give us the ability to celebrate them and to encourage them and to pray over them. God, right now we present these names before you, names of our children, names of our grandchildren, names of our children's friends, names of nieces and nephews, names of our neighbor children and students. We present these names to you, God. Give us what we need to do Reveal to us, give us words, give us wisdom, give us insight, help us be, help us be people that champion faith in the next generation. Empower us through your spirit, God. You can do it. Holy Spirit, just flow right now. Just flow right now. Just flow right now. Just flow right now. I'm just gonna invite my spirit-filled believers right now just to begin to pray in the spirit. You may not know what to pray for, but the Spirit gives us groans and He intercedes with us. And right now, this is a moment to intercede, church. This is a moment to intercede. Intercession is a prayer on behalf of other people. Let's just intercede and say, Jesus, we need you. 
He's given us a spirit language to pray for needs and concerns. So just pray, just pray, just press in church. Press in church. Press in church. Press in church. Pray prayers for the children God gave you. Pray prayers that God would accomplish the promises he promised to you years ago when they were infants. Oh God, let those promises come to pass. We may not be seeing them fulfilled right now, but we know that you have the ability to cause those to come to pass. And if you've spoken it, you will accomplish it. Holy Spirit, provide encouragement and peace and reassurance to parents whose children are far from you, that you will bring them back to you, that you will work in their life, that your word doesn't return void. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal purpose in the next generation, that they would see that you want to do something in their life and through their life. Give us words to share your heart with them, to encourage them, to motivate them. Give us a burden for the next generation, God. Give us a burden for the next generation. Let us not grow complacent in this moment, but let us intercede. And let's put feet to our faith that we would walk out ways to encourage the next generation. God, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to your people today what next steps they need to take, whether it's sharing their story or serving in a ministry area or just encouraging someone. We need you today. We worship you today. We lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Isn't God good? I just want you to know that we believe in you. We're here to champion wins in your life. We're glad that you're with us today. If you're brand new to Westover, I invite you to join us at Guest Central. My wife and I would love to greet you. Our team will be at the Resource Center if you need information about high school weekend. It's been a delight for you to be here with us. God bless you, and we are dismissed.